like being a dad, man. It's awesome, right? It was the best best thing I ever did. Yeah. Fucking, it's cool because it gives you an excuse to just like not be like involved with anything you don't want to be involved with anymore. <laughs> like it's true. It's you true. can just completely just lean on it. Yeah. Like I, I'm a fucking. I got kids, man. <laughs> like I'm not doing that shit. <laughs> I am not coming. Not coming. It's also like I, I've noticed there's people that are like, oh man, we want to see you guys, and it's like, oh, we can't make it. But my mom's watching the kids, and it's like, oh. Kids will be there. Good, good. Yeah. The kids will be there. It's like, did you really not care if I was going to be there at all? Because you seem pretty excited that my kids are like my my mom, especially. Like she hit me with that all the time. Mm. Well, oh like, yeah, yeah. Like I have a wedding. I have to DJ a wedding. Oh well, you know, my wife Aletha. She, Lee can bring the kids, right? You know, like the kids are going to be there. And I'm like, yeah, I guess it doesn't matter if we're there or not. Oh, you know I see what, what you're saying. Like people are like your parents and in-laws and things are more interested in seeing the children than yeah. they are you. Yeah, because yeah. they get to be, they live, get to live in like the the greatest like side of it all. You know what I mean? Where they're like, like my mom tells a story all the time where it's like hysterical where she's like, my son had just gotten his license. He was going with a friend to like uh I don't even remember where it was at. It was like, uh, what's the mall that's like, uh, like Ross Robinson, Park? Robinson, Ross Park, mall. Robinson, yeah. She's like, I can't believe that you would let your son just get his license a few months ago, drive with one of his friends to Robinson. And I'm like, you know what I can't believe? I can't believe when I was like eight that I was carrying my brother around who was six yeah. <laughs> and walking like two miles to Transverse Field in the middle of Mount Oliver for a pirate's baseball workout that was seven hours long with a dollar 50 or something in our pocket absurd and we walked right home yep. I, that i can't remember i can't believe you would, you would ever let happen and it's so different in every part of the world like in new york city or in the hamptons like i have friends who grew up in the hamptons and their parents just let them out on the beach you know yeah. when they're five six they kind of raise each other or in new york city i've seen you know when i used to live there in brooklyn there'd be six seven eight year olds riding the subway by themselves yeah of course this was a decade ago and then, you know, I've heard stories about, like, Iceland, where people leave their babies out on the street. They just tie the, the baby to the lamppost like you, you would tie a dog. Dude, and it's just a different way of living. My mom said to me one time, we were going to New York when the kids were, Quentin was probably three. I'd say Libby was like an infant, like, strapped into one of those, like, the baby Bjorn, like, the hangover move thing. And uh, <laughs> she was like, you better get, like, you're going to New York City, you better get those, like, those leashes people have i was like i'm not gonna be a leash parent and she no. was like joe do you have any idea how many people are in new york city i'm like yeah enough that every single one of them that's a parent isn't equipped with a leash she's like what are you gonna do i'm like watch my kid pretty close i was like it's a busy place for me and i'm an adult what do you mean you know but she just you know it, it, that's i think it's funny though because the, the shit that she lets my kids get away with she'd be like stop being so hard on them for and i'm like you were on me for everything you know that side of it to me is hysterical it is hands down the greatest thing i've ever done is, yeah. is it's my favorite all these different hats i wear man it's like <laughs> my favorite one i wear is is that man without, yeah, without, without question it's the best yeah i think what you're kind of touching on is how you raise your grandchildren very differently from your own children no basically doubt you react to the things you think you screwed up, like the mistakes you think you made, yep. and you try to do this opposite thing with your grandparents. You yep. spoiled your kids, well, you're strict with your grandkids. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <You're> too <laughs> so, strict with your kids, spoil the shit out of your grandkids. Yeah, and it's so kind of like, 
there's probably a little bit of an overcompensation, right? Yeah, I think for sure. And like my my mom, I know like works really hard at it because, you know, like I was really lucky. Like my stepdad, you know, came in the in the mind of my brother's life. Like we were pretty young, and my dad hasn't ever really been like super close with me or my brother. Um, so he kind of like filled a void that I think that like we you know we didn't have. It. And it's so funny because I always tease like they always say like opposites attract. Like my mom is very like type A. Like gotta be like this. It's hard. My my stepdad is so chill, man. It's it, but it's funny. Like that's like, crucial. Like to see them. Like the balance is exactly where it's at for kids, right? Yeah. To have both things, the yin and the yang. That's I know that. Like my my mom, I think definitely growing up, like until like she met my stepdad, like tried really hard to wear like both hats. You know what I mean? And I think that it was tough because like it was such a weird situation. My dad was like, my dad moved so the house that like that we lived in when my parents got divorced, my dad moved back in with his mom, which I think seems like pretty reasonable. That's like a, something that people hear all the time. Like I moved back with the parents to figure it out before you get your own place. But my grandma's place was like, we lived on at four sixteen, and my grandma lived at three fifty one. So like wow. they could like yell <laughs> from like the front porch or whatever, but like my mom, it was just so funny, man. Like the playing, like I, I know, like with like growing up when we did, you know, try to like make it work with like you're gonna watch, you know, have the kids on the weekend, all that stuff. It was like playing the ends against the middle, and it was like we never really left the neighborhood. Like not many people get to say that they are like their parents like got divorced, and it's like oh I got to go to my dad's. Yeah. For the yeah. weekend, and yeah. it's right there. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to go back to my mom's, and it's right there. I feel like the super wealthy do that, where they'll buy a place in the same neighborhood as a second house so that they can make it work in that way. Yeah. But it's rare for, like, us regular oh, folk. Dude, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. That's sick. Underdog. DJ Underdog on Dr. How do we Cole. start? Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for doing it, man. Thanks for coming on. No, thanks for having me, man. I, I, I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Yeah. It's like, so let's start from the beginning. You are, grew up in Pittsburgh? I did. Yeah, I'm like, uh, I'm a, a city kid through and through, man. A uh, little area, a little pocket of the, of the city of Pittsburgh that not many people know about. Um, it's called Bonaire. It's, uh, it's like right in between Carrick and Mount Oliver. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, my, my, like I said, my dad and uh, grew up on the street. We ended up buying a house on like right down right down the way but it was like uh it was funny to me that like i've always i spent a lot of my life i mean now i work at carrick high school so it's like i'm in the community i grew up in so cool but it's uh it was always funny like growing up that uh people would be like where do you live and i'd be like you know bonaire and i'd be like carrick you know or mount oliver like right, i just right, I have right, to right. like concede yeah you know? and then you just keep going up it's like me with like hamburg michigan yeah uh, usually i start with detroit or ann arbor <laughs> and then you kind of filter it down yeah. if people know michigan he was like chelsea dexter whitmore lake pinckney hamburg oh you know the kohlrabi capital of america let's go <laughs> yeah. um so yeah sick so bonaire i only know it because i live in the south hills now so yeah. it's like you you see things but you grew up here and i guess went to high school carrick high or so where you work or no it was crazy that like my mom uh she kind of couldn't keep me away from my friends so like as, as hard as she tried we went to go see um I'm, there was a little school in in, in bon air that was awesome it was like k to five but they had like no gym like it was like literally i think for fourth and fifth grade we had it like in the same classroom it was teeny tiny it was like 
what I imagine it was like going to like you know school like a schoolhouse. You know what I mean? It was like this little, little teeny tiny school that like the the cafeteria doubled as like the first grade classroom, and everything was dual purpose. And when you got to fifth grade, you had like these big decisions to make. So a lot of my friends were going to Knoxville Middle School, and my mom just had something that she was like. I don't know. She's like, I really, really want them to have an experience like similar to what I had. Like she wanted us to go to like Catholic, um, you know, like middle school and, and possibly high school. And when we got to the middle school. She was selling like central Catholic, like hard, man. She wanted me to go there so bad. And uh, I ended up going for a short while, but um, we, I went to this uh, little school that now has been knocked down. That is a you know, big part of who I am. I think is I remember, you know, just I have so many great memories of this little place, uh, St. Basil's. Um, but it's funny because like all these experiences like kind of led me around like right back to where I'm at like professionally every day. So I'm literally the the building I go to every day and work at is probably a mile from like the school that means like so much to me. Um, that like I said, ended up being being knocked down. They couldn't uh, they couldn't you know. It couldn't make it work. I guess it just got to like disrepair, and it ended up being like too much money. Like to, it was more money to fix it than it was to, you know, uh, it was more more money to fix it than it was to knock it down. So uh, yeah, but like Pittsburgh, born and bred. Um, I went to this little school, and my mom bounced me to the Catholic middle school, which ended up being high school, and but she couldn't keep me away uh, from my friends as hard as she tried. So I had like I got vivid memories of going to. Carrick baseball games and hoop games and you know the football games being like the battle of the city you know Thursday nights I had a, a friend whose parents were also divorced that he used to come over and he would tell me these stories because he lived in the north side when you're when you're young it was like you know even like now to a certain extent being an adult we are like oh crossing that bridge man it's like scary <laughs> you're on the north side it's like mostly north side people were like strictly north side you know south side south hills people like hold on to what they know pretty tight yeah but east end is kind of like the other yep right yeah which is that's which is where my my mom actually ended up um but anyway the we uh, we were talking uh you know like when he would come over and i'd be like dude you know what's high school like because he was a year ahead of me and he'd be like i want you to come down thursday night man we're gonna go and it's like the battle of the north side and it was like perry versus oliver and i mean like it was like really 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 fun stuff and i think when you're young too people you know, for whatever reason, I think that people associate certain stuff with like, you know, city schools or things like historically that like the like the, the rep that the city sometimes seems to get is like, oh, my God, man, you know, you, you work at you work in, in a city school. man. You, you know, they think <laughs> like my life is like the first five minutes to like lean on me or dangerous minds or something yeah, like yeah, that, yeah, you know. Yeah. And um, it's just it's, it's it was fun to, to like go to those things prom i was showing somebody today we're going to do a thing like it's carrick's uh, 100 year anniversary oh cool and we're going to do a bunch of stuff this year to try to like celebrate the school and the community but they want to do like prom pictures and uh i i think when you're in it man you think like you're the coolest dude in the world you know till you fast forward a bunch of years like i am and i'm like it's crazy cringy <laughs> you know um but i look i don't i look back and i feel like i was kind of a Although a product, uh, I guess, at the beginning of Pittsburgh public schools, I kind of finished, um, you know, in Catholic schools. But, like, the connections and the people that I've I've remained close with have always been, like, the the, po- the folks I've ran into and got to know at that little school in the middle of Carrick, man, in St. Basil's. Did you play sports in high school, too? 
Yeah, so I was uh, I actually was probably better at baseball, but I loved loved basketball. Um, so uh, I played basketball in high school. Um, it's something that's like remained a big part of my life now. Did you used to hoop with Bonix and Mike? And yeah, 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 yeah you were part of that crew. With well, I <laughs> I kind of like try to invite my way in because it was like I had summers off, you know, in education. Yeah. And Nugget was like one time I forget the one dude's name. Uh, who used to put it all together, man. It's going to make me I'm, – I'm so frustrated that I can't think of it now. Well, wasn't it um, the one dude, dude that, from KISS who yes. actually needs a kidney right now? Oh, really? I don't know if I knew that. Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was that guy. I'm trying to big up that story because, like, obviously, if there's somebody out yeah, there match, yeah. that could hook him up, that would be huge. I, I think um, you're right, though. I can't. He used to post stuff on, like, Twitter, yeah. and it would start yeah. on there, and I'm then it was sure like a, a text chain would go out, and it would be like, hoops tomorrow, and it was always yeah. someplace, like, weird. You know, it would be like Green Tree Municipal. <laughs> yeah, Weird-ass indoor courts. Like <laughs> yeah. In, yeah, it was At weird. noon, you know, like, bring a friend. Sundays at noon or something yeah. like well, that, They right? did a couple days during the week, and then they did something on the weekend. But yeah. uh, I always laughed because, you know, Bonix is like – he he would he'd come in like the like the Charles Barkley jersey man that yeah. was like his big thing he loves Barkley man yeah and uh, but it was cool to see those guys in a in a, a different way because I'd spend most of the time if I had to go watch them DJ like completely in awe of what they were doing and it was just you know to be able to hoop with those guys especially like very early into like when I got to know them mm. um, was pretty cool because a lot of that group like knew each other for a long time they were like pretty close it was a Mikey and Bonix, and then McFly was kind of yeah around. Yeah, so it was like McFly, like Jay Spin used to play. Yep. Um, Digital Dave used to play. I never saw um, him out. Um, yeah. Maybe this was before he had his kid. You know what? I, it I might wonder. have been like early in the game. I'm trying to think because I don't. I don't know how old his. I don't know how old his his son is, but I know yeah. that he, I'd have to imagine he got to be like close to high school age now. And this was a decent time ago. So if he maybe he was young, you know, but it was like one of those deals that. Uh, uh, you like the Tuesdays, man. The, uh, the Tuesdays, Thursdays, we could get it on Sundays. Um, I I just have always I've always loved it, you know. So um, yeah, yeah. P- pickup basketball is is really fun, and um, I mean for me, it's like I played a lot in medical school. That was yeah. really when I got like I was getting decent, you know. Yeah. And like for me, it's always been conditioning that held me back. I just <laughs> well, I can run. Welcome like, to my world, man. <laughs> My lungs just start hurting. I don't know what it is. It's something about wind sprints for 45 minutes straight. Yeah. It's just not my thing. And when I went out for basketball in, in high school, at my Catholic high school, I didn't make it past the first day. Not yeah. a lot of people know the story, but I just threw up and couldn't hang. Like, it was just, the first practice was just suicides. Yeah. Constantly until until you gave up. Yeah, and, I, I got, like, a cool story about something. Like, not about someone throwing up and starting up. <laughs> but, uh, well, I guess kind of about someone throwing up. I did a wedding last Friday, yeah. and uh, this dude Garrett, uh, that he was in fourth grade when I was 19 years old, and the guy who's this legend that I coached with, Pud, um, that was kind of his move. Like what you're talking about, like yeah. your your experience being was yeah. kind of like his move, where he would be like, "Dude, you know, <laughs> we're gonna run. Like we probably won't touch a ball." for some time nope. and i think it was kind of like i don't want to say weed out the week but it was kind of like if you want to be here that you're going to survive this part that sucks yeah. you know so this part that's like not much fun like you really got to want to be here yeah and it's such a big part of the actual sport whether it's soccer football yeah. basketball you have to figure out who's in good shape like who stayed in decent shape over the summer and is ready to yep. actually play so 
Yeah, that wasn't for me. I ended up playing baseball, and then I and then I quit the baseball team and did drama, and did Oklahoma the musical. Nice. Where I was Ali Shahid or whatever the. It's not Ali Shahid. Ali Shahid Muhammad. <laughs> the B-tips was uh, was Ali Shaheem <laughs> Muhammad in, in Oklahoma. Some kind of Arabic name. I don't remember. <laughs> a lesser known version of Oklahoma featuring the DJ from a tribe. We should Quest. do that shit. We should do <laughs> tribe called Quest Oklahoma. That you should see if he sick. could do like the score. Dude, that um, would be amazing, man. It'd be like the midnight hour. His uh, his jazz band. Now we have to do happen. Oklahoma, where the wind comes rolling down the plane <laughs> with you know Dilla beats. Just see what happens. I would love it. I would love it, man. Huh. Oh well, anyways, just real quick, I wanted to tell you. So this this the dude's wedding I did last weekend. He was in fourth grade. He throws up everywhere like the very first day, and it gets like everywhere. It's all over the court. It's on my <laughs> shoes. So I'm like, I'm like, I've been joking for years. And he just got married at last Friday. Nice. And he walked. He walked in. He goes, "Tell me when you're setting up downstairs." I'm like, "I got you." We get downstairs, and he goes, uh, "He goes, I got something for you." <laughs> this dude bought me shoes. He oh, bought me shoes. Shit. Wow. <laughs> I thought that was like the coolest. It had gotten on your Tw- shoes, his yeah. puke. Wow. Yeah. 25 years. Were they the same pair? No, he said he tried everywhere. He goes, I was trying to get them. He goes, they have one like goat. He knew what they were? like $400. So my cousin, um, is my cousin's really good friends with one of his good friends. And he was just like, I need Joe's size. I need like the whole thing. But he like walked in with this wow. Nike bag. I told him it wow. was one of the most thoughtful that gifts I, nice. I've ever got. And they fit? Yeah. Decent pair. What what yeah. were they? Uh, so the ones that he messed, the, he, I don't want to say messed up, it sounds rude, I guess, but the ones he threw up on and got along were these, uh, at the time, like Jordan had just retired, so they had these like team, like jump man shoes. So I always like joked and, and I was like, man, I'm like, this would have been like a pair of my 12s. I'd have lost my mind. Like just, you know, messing with them. Yeah. Um, I, I'll be honest. He gave them to me a week ago, but I think it's like similar, uh, like a similar make, like Keller and everything. And cool. I was like, it was so cool that he, that, that he, uh, it's very thoughtful. Oh my god, man! And they were, and it was a fun wedding. And too. then he he just did that instead of paying you, right? Yeah, that was absolutely. I, I, we'll, we'll work for shoes. <laughs> um, I did something real similar, or I tried to with my mom. So I had, um, when I was a kid, I I was always losing clothes. I guess part of it is like growing up in Michigan, where it's kind of similar to Pittsburgh, where the the weather's always changing. So you just kind of like shed layers randomly. But also, I was just like, I was always leaving shit everywhere because I just. I don't know. I wasn't very organized. Yeah. Um, so I had borrowed her Nike USA team, USA under 18 official hockey jacket. It was like a coat apparently, which is pretty rare. I've yeah. discovered since, cause I've been trying to replace it. I bought her one on like gem. I found this app cause I was talking to the, um, the woman who runs the thrift store in the South side called highway robbery or something and um I can't, I can't remember the actual name but anyway she gave me the name of this app called gem which it trolls ebay it trolls every single website online and i found one and it was wrong oh she it, she she said it in such a nice way though you know because it's my mom she's like it's it's beautiful honey it's 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 perfect it's the other one was a little different <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was like, the sleeves were white on the other one so fuck i still have you know it's like five years later i'm still trying to find that thing yeah but yeah, so your mom thought the mom was like a, like an Olympic hockey player. So she was a teacher man too for like my whole life. She she taught high school for about thirty five years, maybe Good more. For her, that's awesome. And she taught English for the most part, but she was also a sub in the Ann Arbor public school system mm-hmm. because she was a sub. Um, she was 
a sub in the 90s and 2000s, there was a big class action lawsuit about how they were mistreated, the substitute teachers in Ann Arbor. They should have been offered a full-time gig because of all the work that they'd been doing, but they weren't. They kept oh, on wow. making them work on a part-time basis, and they fucked up. Yeah. So they got a lawyer. They did a big class action lawsuit, and the settlement for my mom was a nice little chunk of change, and they had to give her a new job at or higher than her level. The job that they found for her was random. She became the United States national hockey under-18 team academic liaison. And what that mostly meant was keeping these kids from getting their girlfriends pregnant and trying to keep them out of jail long enough that they could get scholarships into college. Wow. Well, that's, a, that's a pretty random job, man. Like, So I don't know if you know this, but every hockey player in America that they think can go to the Olympics because they're talented enough comes to Ann Arbor to train. I didn't know that. That's crazy. And so I got to be the stick boy for all these guys. Oh, and I got man. to go to all the games, see them play against college teams, beat up on college teams, these 17-year-old kids, taking down. I mean, they almost, they, they played Notre Dame and tied. Yeah. They played Michigan Tech and won one time. Like, they were unbelievably talented. Does that pull you towards, like, do you ever try, like, like, like I want to play hockey? Like, so being up around and seeing these dudes, it had to be like, I want to play. I was not that strong of a skater. I can actually skate better now, which is crazy. Like something about becoming an adult, I got better balance or something, and yeah. I can actually skate decent now. But at the time, it wasn't my forte. Like, and also there was a big barrier to entry with money. Like I was yeah. scrounging for that that money. Like Dude, being a stickway was super expensive, man. It was a travel thing, so only the ri richest kids in Ann Arbor were hockey players. Like there was only one kid in my class who played hockey, and his parents were loaded. Like so, for me, it was. Like, the equipment was super expensive. You know, I could afford it, maybe a stick, but I was, like, all this gear, yeah. and then Plus, you're young, you're, like, growing, expensive. so it's, like, it's constantly changing. Was there somebody crazy that you're, like, I was a stick boy when they were there? Like, was Yeah, there there's somebody a few. That... Andy Hilbert is one big one, and yeah. then uh, there's a kid named um, Jeremy Jackson who was really amazing. My mom tells the stories better than I do, and she, I, I sat her down in this chair, and she told That's some good awesome. ones. Um, but, yeah, there's some, there's some, like, some big names for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, what a cool experience. Yeah. Um, so did you, were, were you a PE teacher, or how did you first get into teaching? So and it's kind of What funny. did you do after high school, basically? What, yeah, I, so. what I did was when I, I, had, I was one of those kids that, like, my guidance counselor in high school was like, do you have any ambition, like, to do anything? Like, what do you even want to do? Like, I don't even know what to tell you. And I, I remember, like, being mad about it at the time, but I, like, look back, and, like, the assistant principal in me now is, like, she probably wasn't wrong to, like, really challenge me on it because I was out of time. Um, and I had a guy that, to be very honest, I was, like, never like never thought a whole lot of, like, never got to be, like, close with. Like, as close as I was with my middle school coach and still to this day am, it wasn't like that with my high school coach, but he had camps in the uh the summer and he would offer the players you know a couple bucks to work as like counselors to kind of help run the camp and if you go to my senior night with my mom walking me across the you know center court it was like joe maholsky will attend the university of pittsburgh and be an accountant or he's going to study accounting and i never set foot on pitt's campus and i uh i'm obviously not an accountant but i i thought it was like pretty cool um you know that somebody could do something on Friday that like I would like only showed them like on Monday and they like worked out a little bit. So um, I went to CCAC South to figure it out. Uh, I had some buddies that went there from basketball that right around uh, December, 
they were like, dude, you gotta, you should try out for the basketball team. And I'm like, dude, I'm, this is the end of the line for me. Like, I'm not gonna, <laughs> not going to the pros. And they're like, no, seriously, you should try. Hmm. Like, we're, a bunch of guys just failed off the team. They're like, we need players. So that year, I, I remember my first like semester of college, even at like CCAC, I had like four classes and I only, I got like a two something, which for me at that time was probably pretty good. Um, but it, like basketball got me like crazy focused. I, I went wow. and tried out for the team uh, and made it. Um, we weren't like, you know, I wouldn't say we were amazing by any stretch of the imagination, uh, local guys, but you know, we played against some talent that was like maybe there for a year and on to something else. Um, like right before I joined the team, all the guys were telling these stories about this dude they played in Maryland, and he was like, "Dude, he went to Allegheny Community College. He's unreal. He's going to be in the NBA." I'm like, "Yeah, right." And then it ended up being the following year it was Steve Francis. I don't know if you remember he played at Maryland and was a pro with like the Rockets and okay. bounced around for a while. Wow. Um, so I went to CCAC, and then I had some family that was at Cal. Um, I finished up at at, uh, at Cal U. And um, at the time, you know, I, I said, I don't, I don't think I ever want to leave Pittsburgh. I just don't have, like, these dreams to, like, go somewhere else. And, you know, I wanted to be close to my family. And uh, I decided that, from what everyone told me, they said elementary and special education were, like, really good jobs, like, for men. That there were, mm -hmm. like, not a whole lot of guys in elementary ed. That it was, you know, if you think about, like, your elementary school teachers, that for the most part, it's like a like a female dominated yeah um you know part of education and then you know special education that like the area and like jobs were like growing so like if you wanted to stay like that was a good area and um who told I, you that like do you remember where you heard that piece yep. of information yeah absolutely there was it, it's it's kind of it's kind of crazy this guy mickey mcgrain he was like he was the coach i had at, at ccac was like if you don't want to leave he was like i'm telling you study study that so i ended up getting an associates in education there and then i went on to um to cal and finished up you know in what felt like just short of a decade but <laughs> i uh I, I did much much better in school and it like you know it really really focused me and then the, the the following year um you know i came out and i got like right back in to like coaching and got a job like right away um i was like really really fortunate because i know there's a lot of people that are friends of mine and colleagues to tell these stories about how they had to you know sub for a million years and and similar to the story you said about your mom like there were i mean horror stories people would tell that like you know so in the city after like 40 consecutive days you get like this big jump so there's like a jump step and if you're going to be on full time you can get benefits so if you're a substitute that's going to hang in there for that time you get like one rate for the first 40 days and then you get like this back pay that comes in so like people were telling stories they're like yeah schools all like districts all over pittsburgh will wait till you get to that day mm, and then the and day then before you right before you hit the day before they're like we don't, uh, we, don't we don't need you before you get eligible. And then the day comes and goes and then they'll call you back and be like hey you know what actually we do need you after all like you know and people shysty yeah it's, but it's also like they're trying to save money right it's yeah. not about they're not profiting it's not a for-profit enterprise no. they're just trying to survive and make sure kids get educated right like it's i don't not think my boy would want me to say the the name of the district but there's one relatively close to here that said that it's so wild that like he's in a district like neighboring pittsburgh and that there's so many people that are like hitting like that love the love the district and stayed yeah that like top scale they're like how i don't know how we're gonna do it 
like i don't know how we're going to pay all these teachers that are going to eventually hit top scale kind of all at the same time like it's we're not going to be able to do it we don't know how we're going to manage and it seems even though like the district is like booming that they're going to have this major issue with you know teachers and i don't know if that means they put together something isn't that you know, a big with part retirement of retirement or whatever but yeah trying to defer the pensions and yeah. a lot of it has to do with unions right you had to get in you had to get into a teacher's union in order to get a full-time job or yeah so i mean when you you have the option whenever you sign your contract to basically join the union or not join the union but i've, I've always felt like even in the position i'm in now like we have like an association and i've always felt like it's been better to be a part of you know something than than not a part of something and have people that can you know support you yeah, yeah. they show up if, if for any, sure like they'll go to bat for you for if sure. you ever need help lawyers like whatever they and they yeah for sure um interesting so when you said you were coaching was that basketball yeah so when i my first coaching gig like i said i was 19 and it was i was in college and it was right around the time i was getting ready to, to try out for the team but i wanted to stay close to the game and the guy who coached me, um, Dave Putup, man, it goes by Pud, um, just one of the greatest men I've ever I've ever met. Um, he was like, you know, when I was like a kind of a kid that wasn't really getting it right when I was in high school, like the gym door was like never closed. And uh, he kept me around and like kept me kind of like close. Like, why are you giving your mom headaches? Why are you doing this, this or that? Like, you know, people that I, he's somebody that I think that more people than, than I will you know tell stories about for a long time i think he did that for a lot of people we used to go to this little spot after practice in carrick uh, anthony's pizza right across the street and when i was in basil's that was like all the rave you know you go and get their pizza bagels after a dance or on a half day or whatever and you know um we'd go over there after practice and someone would walk in and you know Paul would be like i had them on my 19, you know, 87, you know, diocesan runner up team. Wow. They have three kids. Their kids played for me. Like it was just, uh, it was the greatest, man. Like to, you know, to be able to learn from somebody um, like him. I'm still learning. I talk to him all the time. Um, but yeah, he gave me like an opportunity when I was real young and I always try to, to stay close to it. Um, I got away from it for a little bit when, when, you know, like we were kind of talking in the beginning, like when my when we started, my wife and I started to have kids, it was just like, <laughs> I remember like when it was just my son, we're like, oh my God, man, this is wild. You know, and then you have, you know, two and it's like, all right, you watch him. I'm going to watch her. <laughs> you know, we're going to try to keep our, our bearings. And then it was like three, you know, you, speaking of basketball, you got to go zone, you know what I mean? You can't go man anymore. It was, uh, it just was like a wild time. Um, but my girls are into it now. So it's cool that I've got like the, like kind of the payback on that where I've got to like enjoy seeing them enjoy it as well. That's awesome. Are you coaching any of your kids or not yet? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I coached my girls growing up and then uh, I'm sure that was like for them. I, I, I think that they would tell you that there's like positives and uh, negatives to being coached by your dad. Yeah. Um, but it's something I'll always cherish cool. is the time I got, you know, with them. Cause I see parents dropping their kids off at the gym and coming back, you know, an hour and a half, two hours later. And I think all the practices, the games, AAU, you know, I got all that time with my kids, you know what I mean? So, um, I've, you know, with my girls that, you know, that, that played, you know, my, my son's route was totally different, but it was, um, always to me anyway, it was like, I'll always cherish it. But, uh, um, yeah, and I, I, I'm actually an assistant coach now at, at, uh, Baldwin high school at the, with, um, the boys basketball team. Amazing. So, yeah, Amazing. It's pretty cool. That is, um, somebody else who does some coaching. And it's not, I was trying to 
I, I, I'm getting like these flashes of, of Mike Tomlin for some reason, maybe because I see him at his son's like Boston college games and, yeah. and practices standards of standard. Yeah. Just like <laughs> thinking about how cool it is to see your own kid succeed in sport when you yourself were an athlete and, and had that. That's, it's such a cool thing, especially if you can listen, I wasn't much of an athlete, yeah. but I, I mean, I, I loved it. So I like, I look back now and I think like, you know, the cheat codes and stuff like you see as an adult, you know, you hope your kids, it's not just one of those things that as kids, you're like, man, my, of course my parents would say something like that. And then you try to do it on your own. Um, but I hope that they've learned a lot. My, my daughters work at it uh, a million times harder than I ever did, you know? So I'm, I'm excited. Um, even though, like I said, I'm, I'm not coaching them any anymore, but like to be like in the stands and just, I, I mean, I've watched a lot of the kids that, you know, are their teammates and stuff grow up. And I got to tell you, it's like, it, it's, I would give every single success I've ever had in my whole life away. If I would, if someone told me I could use it to buy more time watching my kids do stuff. Um, you know, my son is, um, he loves music. He's loves to perform. He was, uh, you know, I'll be like, I guess like the, the, the the guy who's like bragging for a second but he um he got nominated for gene kelly a couple of years ago um you know he was uh he's he's studying it now and I, I just i see like it's crazy to me that i never thought something would like like add up to the same like butterflies before like a big game or you know watching my daughters play or a championship you know what i mean and it's so funny that like right before he starts it's like the same thing the same way i'm like hoping that they you know, play good defense or knock down a big shot is the same way. I'm like, I hope he doesn't like miss a line or, you know, a cue or something like that, because I know that in the same vein, he works really hard at it, you know? So it's, it's so much fun, man, to watch That's just awesome. to see your kids grow, man. It's cool. Wow. Uh, was he point park or cmu you know it's funny like i said a lot to people that yeah. like in pittsburgh that is that's like the go-to point yeah. park is or like the spot you know what i mean he's um he's actually at iup okay yeah nice yeah, there's a lot of like dancers that I've met who've done Point Park, and then I know like Carnegie Mellon drama is very strong. Mm -hmm. Outside of Pittsburgh, I'm not sure. I guess I think about maybe like New York City. Yeah. For uh, and Boston has some really, I think, strong performance. But you want to get as close to Broadway as possible, right? Yeah, I, mean, I think that like the whole you know with him, he's really excited now because I feel like the landscape has changed. So if you're somebody that's, you know, an actor or performer, you know, I feel like there's so many different, you know, ways you could go, you know, so if it's something that's like, you know, Broadway is really important. I think that, you know, for him, he just, he loves the performance piece. And I think that although he does, that's like the majority of his experiences in like musical theater, I think that he would, he would kill it if he got a chance to be like, I don't even know, like. <laughs> like Jack Black's character in like High Fidelity, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. you know, like something like that where he got to like show like a, a good bit of his personality. Um, you know, I, I just he all it's kind of interesting. He's probably the nicest guy in the whole world. He's a I tell him all the time. He's twenty years old. And he's a, he's a far better man than 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 I was. Well, I don't 20. know. One of the nicer people I've ever met. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate you saying it, <laughs> but he's he's a better guy than I was at twenty, and he's uh, he got his stuff together a lot more than I than I did at twenty. But he's he's uh 
um, it's it's amazing, man. Like to you know to watch. I'm just curious to see like where you go because I'm not gonna lie. I've had this conversation with them. You know, even like because it's like so it's so competitive. Yeah. Like when you get out, you know what I mean. Like I'm curious to see like you know which kind of lane he takes. You know because there's, you know like before us it was like we were we were growing up. You know, and I'm a little older than you are. It was like you know what's the someone who was like a TV actor was like a TV actor. Someone yeah, that was yeah. like a movie. There was like the rare case that someone like did like the crossover stuff. Somebody was, you know, on Broadway, you know, and then someone would maybe moonlight if it was like a bigger star like that. But, you know, with streaming services and all these different platforms and exposure and things you can put out, I think that it's, you know, he has a, a ton of, of opportunity. So totally still, you wonder about just, getting to Hollywood, getting yeah. to LA, you know, getting as close as you can to the action. If you want to do that, if you want to do television film, and then if you want to do theater, New York, but I totally agree. You know, there's a lot of stuff, interesting stuff happening in Pittsburgh, for example, tax incentives in Wilmington, North Carolina, a lot of movies being shot there. They're calling it Wilmywood now. Yeah. <laughs> Atlanta has become a big, Atlanta's like, for you know, so it's like the Hollywood of like this, this coast, Hollywood yeah. of the South. Yeah. 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 So, and, and you know, there's, yeah, there's stuff happening everywhere because of streaming and because of the technology right now, everybody's got a film quality yeah. camera in their pocket. I was talking to Mono's best yeah. um, when Chad came through, I'm going to talk about three different podcast guests now related to film. So when Chad Simon was on the podcast, that one's dropping soon. It'll be out by the time this one's out, obviously. Cool. We were, uh, Mo Knows Best came through too. He's Terry Hunter's production kind of supervisor, works with Jazzy Jeff, is on the road with him, does his kind of um, digital footprint, mm -hmm. runs their Instagrams and things like that. Yep. And he talked about not bringing a camera with him because he wants people to be relaxed. So he just uses cinema mode on his iPhone. It's crazy. Follows people around. And, you know, when there's not a big professional looking camera in your face, you can be yourself. Yeah. And so the, the quality of the content that he's getting is actually maybe a little more real, a little yeah, more authentic. Exactly. Yeah. Then the other guest to talk about, of course, is cynic lethal. So he came on, he talked a lot about all of the um, work that he's been doing on this comic. So it's, you know, it's, there's some voice actors I think that he'll be working with ultimately, but a lot of it is, is, you know, animated and production, yeah. but still, I think it's worth bringing up. It's very, very interesting. Called a wicked tale, a wicked tale. Watch for it soon. I don't know who's going to pick it up. I hope Netflix or somebody big because it's a yeah. really cool project. It's a trumpet album from a local jazz musician, which wow. fell in, um, turned into an animated series in like six pieces or something like that. Amazing, amazing. Sounds work. like Matt. Do you know Matt Gondek? Nah. He's like I met him through Nugget. I actually DJed his his wedding a while ago. But he's like a crazy talented artist. Yeah. But he would be like, he's just like the most down to earth, like chill, like really nice guy, like I've ever met about. Like, but he has stuff that like has just kind of like exploded, and it was like, like I don't know if you've seen like there, there's like, uh, like all over Instagram there was these pictures of like uh, the Simpsons and like Mickey Mouse that looks like uh, I don't know like there was like an explosion around like you see like parts of like their face like moving and all this stuff like that and that's all. It's all him, Whoa. but he would like tell like Nugget. He'd be like, "Yeah, you know, this guy hit me up. You know, I'm gonna do some out al album art. You know, forums. You know, not like a big deal or anything like that." And then <laughs> it's future, yeah, like that's like, so Nugget would <laughs> yeah. be like, "Who is it?" And he would name him, and Drake. he'd be like, "He'd be like, dude, this is like one of the biggest artists. Like, are you kidding? Are you kidding me?" Uh, yeah, yeah. Dewey Decibel, um, or Dewey Saunders, um, did do the future album cover. He's an amazing artist out in L.A. and, and like fashion kind of influencer and, and really, um solid rapper too who's been DJing lately 
Don't worry, we'll get there. So, uh, <laughs> what what is it called? Um, foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. Yeah, it's, so, <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> so the third one to talk about is PK Poo, and that uh, that episode's also out. And you know he's been doing a lot of extra work. So I told the story of when I went and was a film extra when I was spending summers in Pittsburgh when I was in college and went down to Mount Vernon and was an extra in a reenactment of the French and Indian war that became the visitor center film at Mount Vernon where we were filming it. But the battle we were filming was actually the one at the forks, which was the confluence of the Allegheny and Monongahela river. Wow. And all, it's all connected. (laughs) Yeah. Eventually known as Pittsburgh. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so lots of interesting kind of film connections. So eventually you found music? I mean, was that percolating through the whole thing? So uh, it's kind of weird that, like, you know, my brother um, went to IUP, and he, like, it's, it's like things were just starting to kind of kick off where it was like, you can listen to this radio station on the Internet. You know what I mean? It's like early 2000s. He had a radio show at iup and i was getting married and i got a like a a buddy from like childhood this guy dan cook uh dj fifth ace he did he did our wedding and he was like listen man he was like this is like kind of taking a different like direction than i thought it was like it's actually like you know like business is going really well i'm taking on maybe a little bit more even than i thought i could handle i'm looking for somebody else to kind of step in i know you you know you love music but you know to me i feel like i could teach somebody the music part but like your brother would be like a really good asset to me because he's like i like to do private events like weddings you know i could he's already comfortable like speaking in front of people he knows a little bit about like the you know like what's going on so i like ran to my brother and i'm like jeff you gotta do this man this would be like perfect for you like plus you're in college you know what i mean there's like there's parties you could be the guy you know like that you know, someone could go to and you could make a ton of money up there and think about when you're in college you know even if you did like a party for like 250 bucks man you know you're, you feel like minted you know over a little bit of money like that whenever you're you know you're in college my brother wasn't all that interested um at the time he said he just wanted to like wrap up school but maybe when he was done he's like just the thought of like if there were gigs in pittsburgh like driving back and forth every weekend would like not be ideal and it's not that far you know but um i told him i was like hey if you're still considering people like i'd love to learn and it was funny because like you know i sit here now in front of like you know literally (laughs) two turntables and a microphone but like this is what I always like visioned, you know, when it was like someone was talking about a DJ and um, the technology was changing. It was like CDs at the time were like really big. That was like the cutting edge thing. It was like pre Serato, pre um, final scratch, like all that stuff. So um, I remember like vividly like going to this dude's like house and he being like, you need to try to see if you can beat match like where the party at and nori nothing like i like i never play those songs probably because i spent like hours trying to like make sure i had it like down uh when i was like first learning but he kind of put me on well not kind of he did he put me on in the very beginning and i feel like i i knew a lot of people from all these different avenues in my life between you know sports or school basketball um you know being in education at the time too i was like 20 i don't know four you know 24 years old and i wasn't even all that like I didn't think that I would even I'm like, oh, there's no way I could do it. And my wife was pregnant with our son and had a really kind of tricky uh, 
you know, pregnancy had like preeclampsia and, you know, we had like a tragedy in the family and she, um, she, they were like, you gotta, you gotta like, basically you're on like bed rest until this baby is born. So I remember like hitting him up and being like, I got to find another way to like put some money together to make sure Mm. like we're good till things balance out. At the time you were teaching and coaching. Yep. Yeah. And for the most part, I would, I would say like, I was like, it was mostly teaching then. And then I, I, the, the coaching stuff was almost a a little more like casual right at that point, like helping out with things. Um, but yeah, then, uh, I got involved and I don't, I don't know if many people remembered or not, but like the, I think of it now, like just like physically that a lot of those, like before, like the pioneer, um, like CDJs, those were almost like, they were like unicorns. Like somebody who had that, it was like, wow, man, that was a lot of money to invest. There were like these boxes that were like literally like this big that you would like carry on the sides, like in, and they would have st- uh, like a, um, yeah, yeah, like yeah. It's racks. a rack mount. It's yep. a rack mount CD. Yeah. yeah, yes. yeah I remember that. Yeah. So you'd have like these little jog wheels <laughs> on the top. Oh yeah. It was very much. Like oh yeah. That was button. the standard wedding DJ fair for sure. In the nineties and two thousand, even early two thousands. No doubt about it. But we yeah. were playing like bars and stuff with them. <laughs> the mixer's like, the mixer's like way up here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it wasn't like crazy yeah, creative yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, stuff. I mean, beat matching is like, that's where I kind of like learned like about like what it was well i feel like he kind of set you up to fail because isn't the it's the jagged edge record and then and nre right so yeah. the nre nothing is like a 92 maybe 94 and then the jagged edge record is like 114 right so the jagged edge song, i think you're thinking of like uh where the party at where the, where the party at and nori nothing i believe are both 97 the um the, no. Where the party at? <laughs> dun, 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 dun. No, where the party You're talking at about a different that, one. Hey, yeah. where the party, party at? Yeah. Other girls on the way with yes. the party at? Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, and then, uh, but those two songs, it was like, I, I, I probably literally like almost never play them, like to this day. Yeah. Uh, not that there's like huge demand, but. Was it on, it was on Technics that you were matching or on CDs? No. He had, so he had an actual collection of vinyl that yeah. was like pretty cool, but it was almost like, man, you ain't even ready. Like you can't figure this out. Like you ain't even touching these, you know what I mean? So like, it was more like we needed to, like, I had to learn how to, you know, I mean, I, I was already a teacher. So like talking in front of people was not like a big deal. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like that, that part with the announcements, I've always felt like comfortable with, but like it was the technical side of things that you know, what most DJs would call train wrecking was like my biggest fear. You know what I mean? And I was not playing like big spots. I'm talking about little, you know, bars and Carrick and Brookline and, and, uh, you know, just trying to get my feet wet. And then it was crazy that I remember, I think that, you know, um, Megan Young and, oh my God, her last name now is Bikowski. I think Greg's her husband's name. uh, I'm on the spot, so I'm losing it. But I think that I was DJing like three weeks. And I kind of put it out there that I was like going to be out more, you know, a little bit, try to like the whole thing where people send emails instead of like, you know, put it on my MySpace. <laughs> and she was like, I want you to DJ my wedding. Oh, yeah. And that was like, that you had no like, gear, nothing. So I, I had absolutely nothing. So yeah. the thing that was cool about Dan that he did when he put us on was he would, he would say, like, listen, I'm going to supplement the gear. Yeah. yeah. But you're going to have to like, you, you know, got to give me a cut. Yeah. That's fifth ace. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing now with uh, Plenty, right? So To a similar extent, yeah. They I mean, give you like, the look, and you, you have your own gear? Yeah. Or they have, like, a, a repository warehouse where you go and get all the stuff? I, I'll tell you what. I, if you know, if anybody who's listening to this is looking for a side hustle, I, and is good with the technology, uh, I've said for a while I would easily pay somebody to go to this very place that's, like, the, uh, the you know, 
a lot of the sound that used to be in a, a spot in Southside that Nugget used to own, that he has all this sound. I'm like, I would easily pay somebody to go and either get the sound or if they have the sound, go set it up. Yeah. Allow me to walk in for like sound check. Like I do it for $350. See, I don't think that's crazy. That's actually pretty good. I, but like, I wouldn't because the amount of time would be insane and my back would break. Yeah. That was, that's, I mean, th- th- those are like the two reasons I can't DJ anymore. Right. It's like, it's a huge time suck. I mean, just an enormous one. If you want to yeah. be any good. Yeah. Right. You have to know the music. You have to practice enough that you aren't sloppy and you know, and you have to learn the new technology. Like, I don't know the new mixer at, at Goldmark. What is it? S9 or so S11? Have, S11. I have an S9, S9, but I don't like, I, I don't know how to rock on an S11. There's like, I always tease because it's like, you know, Remember, I remember like 57s were like cutting yeah, edge. Yeah. And, and it was like, I, I know how to do 9% of the things that you can do exactly. on, on a 57. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. So huge time suck. And then it's the, the, um, the back breaking, you know, the yeah. element of like physically lifting things. Even if you have a hand truck, I mean, picking up the speakers and putting them on top of a p- speaker stand. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a very physically exhausting gig, yeah. which, I think is probably why more men are DJs than women. I have to put it out there. And, you know, women can, the intellectual side of DJing, obviously the creative side of DJing, the art of it, women and men are equivalent. But men have more upper body strength. They're better at sticking st- speakers on top of stacks. I wish that, the, right? I, I, I've pushed for a long time saying that, like, I wish there was more female DJs because, especially like in this city, the only one for the longest time that I remember cake when, when i was so i know i know that there's i don't know her that well there's the one who made it out to vegas yeah she d- d- for, has done really well i know yeah she has that maria romano amazing yeah, yeah i remember seeing her around yeah. she used to come to my gigs when i would rock in pittsburgh i mean there's there, super I'm humble i'm not saying that there's not person. a couple because there are and there's some other people that i know that do it but like when i was yeah. when i first like kind of broke into like the crew of people that i think you and i both know it was flow and uh that's right flow, dj flow dj flow man i remember or miss flow I thought it was Miss uh, Flow. Flo. I think you're right. Yeah, I think Miss Flow. You're right. And it wasn't DJ Flow. Miss nope. Flow, because yeah. she was in. If you remember the first uh, Red Bull Three Style? I do. Yeah. Here in in Pittsburgh, she was in it, yep. and she killed. She did. Yeah. She did great, man. Solid. She did awesome. I didn't say, have to set up the speakers on her own. No. <laughs> I know that she. The big thing I've always said, like I've even told like people that have asked me over the years, like they want to learn, wanted to learn how to DJ, and and a few have been have been girls. I said I think that girls would kill it. Because I'm definitely the guy that's like when some drunk girl comes running over to me in the middle of an event and is like, you haven't played anything good yet. Or like, why won't you play blah, blah, blah. I feel like sometimes there's this like stigma that people think like, oh, this like arrogant DJ is not going to listen. He's going to do his thing. Like, I wonder if like with a girl, it might not be like. One of these things like, oh, is the DJ going to like try and hit on me? Or is it going to be like, like Ooh, flirting thing or this like weird thing? Like if a girl like was over there, like could I at least just be like, I got like, like this girl can identify with me mm. to be like, I'm going to go. Like, you you don't think that they assume you're neutered when they walk up to the DJ booth and see a 65-year-old with a wedding band on? 65, man. <laughs> Dude, I don't think you thought I was that young. <laughs> I love it. They're, they're all just 
He's probably I'm not saying that there, me. I'm not saying there's people that run over and be like, oh my god, underdog, <laughs> and are fainting over there. I'm just talking about the the, the cheesy dudes. Who's the best think... looking DJ in Pittsburgh? Maybe <laughs> Jay Spin. I don't know who it Jay is. Jay Spin but... might be the might be the the most attractive DJ in Pittsburgh. I don't know who it is, but I know who it's not, and it's definitely not me. <laughs> it's not me. It's not me, baby. Who who else could it be? I'm trying to think. I bet it's Jay Spin. He's a very good-looking guy. He's posted a gym pic the other day. You should have seen those quads. Well, you remember he used to those like quads com- were popping. He used to competitively like like I think like I think oh yeah yeah, yeah. He, him like and he had a girlfriend at the did, time. They were both like competitive he, bodybuilders. Yeah, yeah. Right. I think he did really well from. Uh, what, I mean, that's like a world I know nothing about. But I think he did uh, like really well from what I under uh, what I understand. I mean, clearly I know nothing about. But, <laughs> but, but <laughs> I mean, you I think remember, he was. I'm no, I, I don't think so. Oh, Natty. I, I think, I mean, I we got to bring him on the podcast and find dude, out if he was all natty. I think that he that he would surprise you because like he post pictures. Like, I wish I remember the dude's name that was like in it. He was like every day, like, you know, like, like, oh, like work out in the morning, work out in the afternoon. I'm like, I'm driving to work and I'm like exhausted, man. This dude's like a, a, a machine. I'll tell you that another good looking Pittsburgh DJ, Row House. I don't know Row House. DJ Row House. Excellent sense of style. Very naturally attractive man, I will say. That's all I have to say about this topic. I also don't know Rojo. Sorry, I can't think. Congrats to those guys, though. Congrats. I can't think who else would be on my list? Who's the Who's the best? The best DJ in Pittsburgh. Or the best looking DJ no, in the, Pittsburgh. That's the best. Uh you know I have some like favorites, but you know for a bunch of different reasons. Yeah. You know? Who's the best of all time from Pittsburgh? The best of all time from Pittsburgh, man. <sighs> the best of all time from Pittsburgh, man. Who, who influenced Fifth Ace, the guy who who encouraged you? Who had he learned from? So I think that he was like a big guy that like um, he was like real into like similarly actually to like Nugget. He was really into like the like you know the elements of hip hop, you know, right? I mean? Dancing, so, like, yeah. Mm. So I don't know that he got into the dancing, but he really loved the idea of like you know rapping and like mm. the art you know of like of djing um like art in general like you know with like graffiti i don't know that he was like you know the biggest like tagger or anything like that but he definitely there was like a a, a respect there for it um i mean i would have to think that you know we kind of had he and i had this kind of like you know falling out like after i decided to kind of like go on my own you know you took I mean? all his gigs well i don't know if i took all go his ahead gigs. I, no, did, I, mean, I, did, I didn't at, take at all his point the student becomes <laughs> the teacher. No, I, like I, I think it was one of those things that. My, so I had a second kid. Like my my oldest daughter Libby was born, and I remember being like, "There's no way I can manage this where like someone else is going to have like my schedule be like, you're going to meet a couple, you're going to go do this." So I, I really thought that I was like I could take like the power into my own hands and being like, I'm still like years later here I am like paying a percentage on this like equipment. I can buy my own equipment like. I want to go do my own thing and I want to make my own schedule. I want to be my own boss. I don't want to have to answer somebody. I can do 40 gigs a year or four gigs a year if I, if I want. And I definitely think that it was like, it was, uh, you know, I remember saying to him, he, I wanted to meet him at like the office and I wanted to like tell him about all this. And I think he thought it was like, I want more money. Like the, the whole percentage things like way off. And I was like, yeah, I'm done. And I would try not to be like, you know, an idiot about it, but it was one of those things that like, I just, I knew that like, I wanted to at least give it a shot, like on my own. And, um, I've been like crazy blessed, man. Like, I, I can't even tell you like 
you know, I left there with, you know, I, I didn't have any equipment at the time. I had to like get on my own two feet. And, um, there was a girl that I worked with this girl, uh, Rebecca, who worked this little, ironically, right across the street almost from where Nuggets Bar is now. There was a place that's lost, but it used to be a charter school. And uh, this little Career Connections Charter High School in Lawrenceville, uh, she, was, she was a bartender at a bunch of, like, local spots. Like, she was real into the nightlife in Pittsburgh. So one year on, like, Easter, she was like, there's a bunch of DJs playing, like, up and down Carson Street. Like, you should go. Like, go down and see them play. And that was that night I met, like, I met Simi. I met Digital Dave, I met McFly, um, like just like in passing, um, I, I met like, you know, these three guys that I had saw names on like flyers and stuff like that, um, you know, quite a bit. And I think I talked to Zimmy for like 10 minutes and he was like, you love hip hop? And I was like, yeah. And he gave me like tickets to see like De La Soul and like Margarita Mamas. He was like <laughs> opening up for him. Tiny Giant. And Shout I, out to Tiny Giant. Oh, dude. I mean, that was like those, those guys. I can't even I don't know that there have been, you know, two DJs that have have helped me more than than Zimmy and, and Nugget. Um, like help show me how to use every piece of equipment, showing me, you know, little things technically like try this. I remember like mixing and like nuggets, like he had like an office at his house when he lived in Brookline and he was like, all right, man, it's 1230. You know, the place is packed. Like, what are you going to play? And I'd be like doing these like fake sets, like in the middle wow. of his like office. And he wow. would like, he'd, like, he would try to, he would help me. I mean, like literally standing with these guys like this with needles that he, they would be showing me how to put, Yep. every single little thing yeah, together yeah, yeah. here's yeah. the equipment this wire goes on here yep. and i had not i mean i knew nothing like i said yeah. i was do you doing remember this. that little wrench do you remember yeah. the little wrench the little for these wrench, for these little uh nuts on top here you have to have a tiny little wrench a little wrench and then yeah. the, the, i still have i in my if you open up the blue case that like the sure case that every dj has yeah, like yeah i have a different one now the one that i it's probably sure better than one better. no sure the sure is better i have this piece of shit odyssey <laughs> thing the, the, the blue one that, I, that <laughs> the everybody blue one is has. better i wish i had that one when back. i when i took it out i remember like i think still to this day like in my dj bag if i open it up is probably that little wrench and the little screwdriver nice that, uh, nice that, that came what what other random things go in the bag um so i, I have like i'd say it's a, a few different uh wires a couple different pieces of vinyl and i'm like nuts about um like I need. I gotta have a backup for the backup. Yeah, yeah. So you have so regular like, records in there. Yeah. What and, what goes in? And, uh, <laughs> nothing that I think is like crazy. Like Michael I'm thinking, Jackson Thriller. So Michael Jackson Thriller is in any every and every DJ's bag that Should when they be. had to carry a, a record around like that's. I, I think I have that. I think I have so good. Mo Money Mo Problems uh, is in there, and I think I have. Oh, I have to look as soon as I get home. It's gonna bother me now. So I like never even. You can't Touch be saved them. by at, at the gold mark. You can't be saved by the wall of records because there's actually no records. There's no you. records. In them. Nah. They were too heavy. <laughs> yeah, that's so all. A <laughs> I fucking asked that lie. same question. <laughs> right. Yeah, I remember Nugget told me that on here. I'm like, that's fucking terrible, man. Like, he's, <laughs> just build more supports. Like, literally, just reinforce you that. You want to be able to go thing. in there and be able. You to... own the bar. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know who actually did that once? Speaking of Jay Spin, man, is he was in a, a Heineken battle there once, and he put a, a real he snuck in early to put his bag behind Whoa. the boot and he put a real record oh, that's in, crazy. In, in the thing and then in the middle of his set that's crazy wanted like literally pulled out and then mixed the real that's song dope. like in it was a good idea it was a really good because cool. you had that remember that was like a whole thing with red bull you'd have a prop 
So oh, I didn't. Oh, you didn't have to, but a lot of people to. would do it. A lot of people. That's what you mean. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Everybody so, had a problem. Like Bonix had the air horn. Yeah. Um, Dave had the food where he was throwing out the uh, during carry out. He carry actually out, brought yeah, the, like the, the McDonald's Mc, stuff. Yeah, it was Wendy's, store. I think. Yeah, so yeah whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it was it was. Uh, Everybody had a prop. Is that why I lost? I was always trying to figure it out. Like, I guess I didn't bring a prop. <laughs> Why don't you have a prop, man? If you had a McDonald's, man, you could have my vote. I think you, I think you know Well, that. that one I did, I think, place, but yeah, um, interesting. So what do you think made you successful at DJing? Was it just you, you just liked it, or you felt like it was the, the fact that you could communicate with people because of the teaching skills, or you loved music, or you just, what, what kept you doing it? So I think what still keeps me doing it, honestly, is I do love music, but I really love the, like, I found out, like, pretty early in DJing that, like, I found my, like, kind of niche. And for me, I feel like weddings has been something that's been, like, the mainstay, you know, for me that, like, I just, I, I never, like, I've said this before to people, that there was a time in my life when I first started DJing that I thought, like, if I had the chance to, like, rock at, like, from midnight to like 145 man and a place that like the crowd's going nuts that would be everything there is you know and i never really i don't know that i ever really felt like that but i would say like the last like hour and 15 minutes of like somebody's wedding where like the crowd's like good and warmed up people come into weddings with like the best intentions they just want to like celebrate with the couple that um you know and i think because it's a sentimental event they people appreciate the fact that like you know, I've always tried to put like a personal touch on it. So like getting to know them, like, we, you know, we chop it up a little on the phone and now I do like Zooms or Google Meets just to kind of feel like a, I know them a little bit better. I ask for people to send me like stuff from, you know, their Apple playlist or Spotify, like leading into a wedding, just so I feel like I can get a, an idea of like who they are and what they like musically. Because after all this time, if every single weekend it was like, the same stuff over and over again it would i wouldn't want to do it because i'm not gonna lie leaving like leaving my house like tomorrow to go to a wedding knowing that i have to like load in downtown and how every place to load in downtown sucks like even though i know my son's gonna come with me and help me like i hate oh, no. i hate the fact that i have to like like i have to you know get all my stuff together and double check do i have all the backup stuff do i have this for the ceremony i'm like a miserable guy about that stuff until i get like till it's like on like once i'm all set up and i'm going i'm great but like leading up into it i hate that part but i i think that i don't know i wouldn't say i was like i think i like my, the teenage version of myself and i don't know if I, <laughs> I, I, I like that dude all that much but um i've always tried to like really have like you know, relationships have like opened the doors for me, you know, so like in, in the classroom, working in schools, like working with couples, I feel like I've always been like, that's something that's been relatively easy for me that I'm not perfect at everything. and I'm not perfect at that, but I've always had like a, a pretty good idea on like how to treat people, how to talk to people. And then like, you know, build like a good rapport with them so like for that stuff when people are planning their wedding man it's like one of the biggest days of their life you know so like if you seem that you're you know you're interested and you're also excited and that you want to do a good job for them and then you go and do your best i feel like at the end of that like people are like man joe he was like so nice about everything you know he really tried to work with us he, i know it meant a lot to him to do what we liked and that was going to work and people had a good time so I don't know. I've tried it. I've been really, really blessed because there's been years where I've done like, you know, like, like 40 some weddings, you know, like, I, I don't know to me, 
and there's companies and stuff that do a lot, but like in the forties was like almost every week, especially when you think of like you know dead times of the year where you don't really have Jan- stuff. January seventh and yeah, you know, no one's not a lot of people booking. Uh, you know, February third. Yeah, it's, a, it's not like their big thing, but I, for me, I feel like that's that's opened doors cool. tremendously. Wow, wow, yeah. I mean, I think if I were to guess what probably made you so successful as a wedding DJ, it'd probably just be kind of what you talked about. The fact that nobody can say a negative word about you because you're just one of the nicest people in Pittsburgh. Oh, you're like the Mr. That, Rogers of DJs. <laughs> and I'm going to come in and put my, change my sweatshirt. <laughs> well, you did take shoes. your shoes off downstairs. So I'm, in your not house, everybody has. I'm not going to walk around in your house with my shoes. My on. trashed, <laughs> my trashed child, <laughs> child mayhem zone. Um, so yeah, it's probably that, like the, the fact that people, you know, ex, you know, people just want to work with somebody that is going to treat them decently. I think, you know, yeah. it's so many attitudes in, in DJing and music. You could hire, you know, you can hire anybody and you end up with like a prima donna, somebody who tries to steal the show, steal the spotlight. Yeah. It's scary. You know, it's trying to hire, hire a DJ for a wedding is hard. It's scary. You look at the reviews, you can't trust them. Oh, you, dude, I, I, I could, I could do two hours just on that alone, man. Like the, the stuff that you have on there, it's like, you know, I, I wrote this article for, for plenty and, uh, it yeah. was, you know, when, when everybody's the best, no one is, you know what I mean? That's what, yeah. I remember reading that. And it was just, to me, it's like one of those things, like, I think that like, it happens a lot where like Nugget will hit me up and he'll be like, Hey, there's a couple that wants to book you, but they just want to jump on a phone for like five minutes and like, make sure that you're like, not a complete idiot or like really arrogant or anything like that. And cause it's, it's, it's crazy. If you go on you know, one of those bigger websites or whatever. Wedding and, uh, Wire. The not, the not. All that stuff. And I think that they've kind of merged at this point. But, like, I know that there's, like, bots <laughs> that, like, you get, like, these messages that's, like, I have a wedding next Tuesday. I'd love to hear more about it. And it's, like, you obviously don't have a wedding next Tuesday. But it's, like, it wants to prove <laughs> that the data shows Whoa. that there was more. You got inquiries. So, like, these fake things. So, it can go at the end of the year and say, you got 40 inquiries. I don't know how many you booked, but that has something to do with you, maybe. Whoa. But you got all these things. Now, I don't know who runs it or how it happens, but I literally went to a wedding planner that in the very beginning, like, I would say two months ago, I got hit up, and it was like, I'm getting married at PPG Winter Gardens on 924. Are you available? Is the message I get in through Wedding Wire. I write back, yeah, that's a Sunday, right? Congratulations on your engagement. I get this message back that's like, yeah, it's at Winter Gardens. It's on a Sunday. It's during the day, 11 to 4. Are you available? And it sounds all like a real person, right? Ish. So, yeah. So then I write back, and I'm like, let me know if this is the price. If that's good, I would need, like, contact information. I'll send you a contract, and we'll get things rolling. Thanks for considering me. What they didn't know is that on 922, that Friday, I was playing at PPG Winter Gardens for a wedding. And this person never really answered me and wouldn't respond, wouldn't give me information for a contract. The minute I said I'm sending a contract or give me some personal information, they ghosted me. Mm-hmm. I hit up the planner that and I said, can I show you this? Like, it's, I don't know who they hired, but it was weird that I got hit up. And normally you guys will like reach out. She's like, that's not through us. She like had me send like all this information like to them, like the emails, our correspondence that it was like all this weird stuff was going on. Like, I don't know how many best of could you really have? Like, who's like, when you say someone's the best, like, think of like, you know, how many, like, it's a short list normally, right? Right. Well, you go how on about there, this? 30 of them. How come the top, the <coughs> sorry top 
five or six or seven or ten wedding DJs in Pittsburgh, if you go on one of those review sites, I've never heard of a single fucking one of them. Yeah. Not one. Yeah, man. How can that be? How can it be when I know every single decent DJ in Pittsburgh yep. and I've interviewed most of them right here? Yep. Most of the decent DJs in Pittsburgh have sat in the chair you're sitting in. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me that like, and I feel bad for the consumer and I'm not sitting here saying like patting myself on the back and saying I'm the man or anything like that. But I do know that I work like really hard at it. Right. And it, it bothers me whenever it's like, I feel like in my opinion, I don't know, this is how these companies work, but in my opinion, if you, a lot of the companies that seem to like pay for their placement on these sites like navigate towards the top or somehow get 10 <laughs> like if they get these like reviews that uh, you know say that they're awesome you know what i mean like is that all that qualifies you for be like the best of i don't know you know what i mean like if you go on there yeah. and you look and there's 30 different people and that was the whole purpose of that article is that I, if you it was just my thoughts on it but if you go on there and you're trying to hire somebody and there's 30 DJs all in the Pittsburgh area and all of them have five-star reviews and everyone's saying they're the best DJ they ever ever had, like, what are you to do? You know what I mean? Like, what, who yeah. do you hire? I see the same exact problem with restaurants when you're going on Google Maps in order to try to find a restaurant to eat at. There's all this artificial inflation of the, ra the rankings and ratings. I've taken the advice of my cousin and now in, I completely disregard the stars unless it's under three, right? So if it's mm -hmm. above three, I just look at the photos now. The photos of the food tell the story much better than yeah. any star ranking could. You can look at the photos, and it's actually the only reason that my phone is still in color because I prefer to have my phone in black and white. I use it much less when it's in black and white. I'm less likely to engage with the social media. Interesting. That's cool. Okay. It, it's in the settings and under Zoom. If you want to go to accessibility, then Zoom, and then turn your phone monochrome, it's called. I highly recommend it. But you can't tell if the food's good in black and white. It's impossible. <laughs> you pull up the picture and it's, you can't look at food pics in black and white. You know, yeah. it's, it's useless. So maybe I need a second device or something. I haven't quite figured this piece out or, or I don't know, maybe I should just eat out less. But, <laughs> you know, if I'm looking up a restaurant because I want to go out to eat, maybe I should just go on my computer or something. But if you're traveling, it's a little awkward. Yeah, if you're like, hey, we're not going to make it home to start dinner and all that. Like, where are we going to go? You know what I mean? <laughs> you could make somebody else do it. I, I don't know. Anyway, the, so, so, so that's one piece is, the rankings for food is are, are totally useless. But then there's another ranking system that's also useless that I was trying to come up with, but I've the DJ it. one. <laughs> well, yeah, 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 yeah. There's another one too. In general, oh, Amazon. So if you're shopping on Amazon, you know, the star rankings are completely useless. In general, when you're shopping, it's yeah. all bot produced. Yeah. All those all of the ratings are completely bullshit. And artificial intelligence will solve this, right? Eventually, we'll be able to sort out what's real and what's not, and they'll yeah. fix the problem if they want to. Right. But they might not want to because they might want you to buy the bullshit. I was gonna say and then the, you have to buy it twice. Yeah, the money, the, it money breaks. Might, the money might be in buying it twice, right? <laughs> right? And it's, it's really hard to know what's decent, what's, what's good, and, and, and how to shop. I think you got to buy local. You got to try to peel it back, stop shopping online in general. 
buy from people you trust, yeah. go to, you know, frequent your friends' businesses, frequent the businesses in your community, in your neighborhood. Then if it's low quality, you can tell them about it, yeah. right? It's like, I mean, it's that same thing, man, really with the whole DJing thing. Like, is it, is there somebody that you, like, I, I think that I've benefited so much, probably more than anything, more than the knot, more than the wedding wire, more than an advertising somewhere and more than, you know, Facebook ads, uh, a bridal show. The fact that people are willing to be like, hey, he did my wedding or I was at a wedding he did and, it, you know, we had a lot of fun, I think has been has been great for me. The the word of mouth, uh, you know, part of like not really advertising, but like, the you know, encouraging my business has really, really, really helped me over the years because I don't think that that stuff is, I don't think, I just don't, it's just my own opinion. I think, it, I don't think it stands up. If you go on those reviews and you look at stuff like that, I'm not saying that those guys are on there are horrible DJs. I just don't know them. And I feel like you do. The same way that I do, that I know most of the DJs. Like, I've, my my brother got married a few years ago, and it was like there's a short list of people I, I'm going to check out to see if they're available, and it's certainly not going to be the top five dudes on the knot. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just, it's ironically, just not. it's not. <laughs> it's just not going to be that way. You know, I don't understand stuff like that. It just it, it bothers me because I feel bad when I think about how much money people are investing. And those type of events, you know what I mean? Like you're talking about weddings, it's big, big, big money all the way around. How much does a wedding DJ cost these days? I think that most wedding DJs, if you go onto our site, it's all public. Like it's you can click right on it on plenties. But I would say that anyone, you could spend anywhere from like two thousand to twenty five hundred dollars, all the way up to like thirty five hundred dollars, depending on what you want, the add ons, the who you're getting, you know. Because I think some of it has a lot to do with experience. Yeah, I remember my bar mitzvah in in ann arbor detroit whatever weber's in it was mm -hmm. weber's in in ann arbor 94 jackson whatever jackson road exit we hired a guy named joe something some guy in detroit and it was three thousand dollars near two thousand damn <laughs> three thousand dollars he showed up with two dancers Tons of like all these giveaways, you know, the sunglasses for sunglasses <laughs> at night for Corey Hart or whatever. They had the guitars for the rock section, the yeah. 80s. They had the lights. <laughs> I mean, he killed it. He earned every penny. Yeah. But it's wild to me that it hasn't gone up. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I feel like there's probably, I feel like there's some DJs that are, are willing to accept a little bit under that. There's some DJs that are willing to not take anything more than a little more than that. I feel like in Pittsburgh, that seems to be. You know what I hear most people saying that they're around, you know, spending. I feel like for a while it was like fifteen hundred to two thousand, and I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I know people. There's people that I've have booked me multiple times. It's not the same amount of money, you know, all the you know all the time. I would say there's you know, we try to give breaks to to you know people if they're referred and stuff like that. I mean, nothing crazy because at the same time it's a lot of time being put into it. And it's away from time away from my family, so it has to you know it has to mean something. So, um, you know. Although I'm, I, I think it's nice that people would think I might do it. I, I can't, I can't say, Hey, I'm going to come DJ your wedding and put like 20 hours into this and come do it for a couple hundred bucks. You know what I mean? Well, and I think that's the difference between, you know, guys that are really comfortable working in the clubs and guys that are really comfortable doing weddings is that, you know, one is like, you can put some thought into your set and then see how it goes once you get to the bar or the club, but there's not, it's like low low risk there's yeah. low risk i mean if i mess up a name or play the wrong song or whatever for an important part of somebody's wedding i'm a story somebody tells you know for forever <laughs> you're gonna turn yourself into a meme yeah i mean i've had it happen you know I've, I'm, I'm not perfect i've made my i made a few mistakes 
you know, um, unintentionally, but you know, it's, it's tough, man. What all are the requirements of, so how much communication is there beforehand? You have to, I mean, how so, many meetings are there? Like, wh- how does it work? If I book you as a DJ how, to play our wedding, how does it work? So I tell people all the time, like I'll say, like right from the beginning, I'll do like an introductory email and I'll give them my cell phone number. And then, you know, normally I would say that there's not a ton of correspondence in the beginning, but as it like gets closer, I'll be like, hey, just like thinking ahead, like I have like a, a sheet that like people fill out with like the stuff that they want. I always say it's like a almost like an a la carte menu, what they might want for their wedding. I'm like, cross out what you don't want write in what you do want. Like we'll go over names, pronunciations. Like, what are you thinking about songs? Start to think about like playlists you might be interested in sending me. If you're cool with that, I would love to hear, you know, like what's the going to the gym mix. What's the long drive mix. What's the stuff maybe for bachelor or bachelorette weekend. And, um, you know, that to me has really worked. And then when I do something, I used to do face to face, but I found out like when people were all over the place, sometimes out of state and then through COVID, it just went strictly to yeah. Like Zoom, Zoom is so much easier. So they get so like two easier. or three Zoom meetings, or how does it work? One, I would say I would say one, the, the, the one there's one for sure, but yeah. I would say that we talk a bunch of times leading in, and yeah. then can happen uh, over text. Like yeah, they for can sure. Send you pictures of like I literally I have one like someone this is like the wedding I'm doing tomorrow. Like yeah. somebody text me like on the way here yeah. where they were like oh yeah, yeah. they're like this, this is a great song. Like just to give you like an idea what I might you know it's really a lot like. of work man. You know, like, like this is like their though. stuff that they wanted to like hear tomorrow. You yeah, know? yeah. But if they get your cell phone number, that's a lot of work. I mean, it's crazy how like I think people don't realize how significant of a commitment and sacrifice that is to give somebody your cell phone number. Yeah, I mean, I try to tell people I have a daytime job. I have a wife, yeah. three kids. Like, I mean, I'll do my best to be as responsive as I can. But my my goal is like a month out, we do the Zoom meeting, and then the week of. I'll just like touch base for like five, 10 minutes on the phone real quick and say, Hey, everything we went over is still cool. Right. Yeah. And that's, that, that's normally how we like touch base. So do you like playing the, the dinner music? That was always my favorite part. Was I actually asked people if, if like, so fun. I'm like, is there stuff that you like, give me an example, like what you might really like. Yeah. And some stuff I've like kind of messed around with like pre-recording some of the stuff. I'm not going to lie, especially when it doesn't like, if it's like in the hallway around the corner, then the likelihood of me telling them like this is probably going to be more of like a playlist or a pre-recorded mix is definitely, you know, more my my I, I was actually talking to my boy Ricky, and um he had a a great idea that he said that he, he was one of the I, I forget who to give credit to but he said that like one of the DJs he had on his show was like the last like twenty minutes of dinner. I start to like go in a little bit. Yes, you know what I mean. Absolutely, like that's I'm the starting, art. Like he's like, oh, to that's me, the he's art. Like, I, I thought it, you have I, to start warming them, warming them up. Yep, the I think BPM a... has to start climbing. Yep. the the energy of the records you're playing has to start climbing because it's not a it's not a sudden jarring thing yep. that you you'd fail right if you played the first dance record after just a country song or whatever yeah. you were doing during dinner you know slow jazz or you know uh, the girl from Ipanema <laughs> you're you're not going to go from the girl from Ipanema into whatever your big yeah, like get them on the floor record is which might be right. uh, I got a feeling by the black eyed peas or uh, I'm not sure what you what you might use I mean I think most people I laugh all the time because I'm like it's probably been a first song for most DJs for like years and years and years man but I I'd say some variation of like a Michael Jackson song that like started out yeah. like never really seems to fail like it's, it's just an, a Billy Jean 
it's like I, I'm like I'm real big. If I had to want to be starting something, I, re- I I've used I want to be starting something. My my big one, my go to man is uh, um, the way you make me feel. Okay. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I love the the fact that you can introduce all of these records with the themes of love during yeah. a wedding, and you get these kind of extra points. Yeah. Of course, the other side of that is you have to stay away from some records, which might be incredibly danceable yeah. right and amazing dance records but if it's about breakup divorce uh yeah. tragedy heartbreak i think you got to stay away i always laugh because my <laughs> my niece got married we went we went to her wedding she was like i really want to i, I want to have like a beautiful day by you two play like as the ceremony's done yeah and I was like, I'm not knocking you. I'll play it if you want me to play it or whatever. I was like, but you need to listen close <laughs> to like the lyrics of the song. She was like, nah. And I was like, <laughs> and I think like the second or third line of the song or bar maybe is like, I need a friend to get me out of this place. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. I mean, I don't know. There's some yeah, stuff that like I yeah. think that just is kind of like, you know, I, I people ask for stuff and like, I mean, I try to stay away from stuff that I think at this point is pretty cliche. So like, I don't know that you hear me play like, you know, I think most people when they hear wedding DJ, they yeah. expect me to like show up in like a cummerbund and play like celebration or okay. you know well, what I mean? But like, it's not the worst one. We are family. I would go instead because it's Pittsburgh, right? Because of the yeah, history the, of the, the pirates. The you whole can, thing with the we are family. Pirates. Exactly. Yep. We, are, we are family instead of celebration, which is a little corny. But stuff like that, I think people think that's what you're gonna chicken uh, dance. Play. No chicken dance. I, don't, I ain't messing with a chicken no, dance. No celebration. Hokey, no cool hokey, in the pokey. gang. I'll mess with some stuff if I can. Like I, I I've had like. um you know, I had a guy ask me last week. He was like, "Man, he goes, can you hit me with some uh, some Commodores?" Yeah, and I was like, "Man, I hope he ain't talking about like Brick House." You know what I mean? Yeah, so, I hate those records, and I hate uh, play that funky music. Exactly, and that's probably my least favorite record. So like stuff like that is absolutely what hate. Ask Although for. I think it was Casey and the Sunshine Band, right? Which is from Hialeah. They're from South Florida, which is where my wife's from. Which is, oh, is cool. that right? well, she's technically from Miami Beach, but her family lives in Hialeah now. They, I mean, the stuff that people. I think I played "Lady" instead because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like nice, smart. It's like it's a creative way of solving the problem. But it was just. I think he was thinking I was going to play like "Easy" for like Sunday sure. Morning yeah, or no. "Brick House" for sure, and I'm like, yeah. no, nah, I'm trying to duck and dodge Are the that. Commodores, a Detroit like Motown group. I thought maybe they were. I, think I should you're know that, right? right? But I should know it too. I, I should know. know that. Yeah. So I, I mean, I was just at Motown. I was, I was in Detroit last week. I was out in front of the Motown. That would be house. Yeah. Hitsville, he USA. That guy built that business out of his house very gordy right yeah one of the craziest stories is he got the loan from his own family and they didn't want to give him the money so his family was so on point they had a fund that they had been contributing to in order to give business loans to each other because african-american people in in detroit even they couldn't walk into a bank and just get five thousand dollars to start a a business so it's like michael scott when he was asking his grandma for money to start the uh, michael michael scott paper company went to his family he was like i'm gonna go to my family they'll believe in barry gordy i I love that yeah and at first they didn't want to give it to his his own sister was like i don't believe in you like you, you haven't proven that you deserve this yet and they turned him down the first time he had asked for it the second time but obviously it was one of the most successful black-owned businesses of all time. I would love to go to. I would love. I would love to see it. Like I, even I told my wife, I'm not like a big, like I don't know that I would say like, I like rock music, but I don't love rock music. But mm. even like we went to like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which I understand is not all rock and roll stuff, but it was like, it was interesting to me to see like all of like the artifacts and things from like you know the setup of some things that were very very. Like, to me, the stuff that was, like, I only saw on, like, TV. I would love to see stuff, like, this is where it all started, like, right where we're standing. I think it would be amazing to see. Last time I was at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland, I was, I did karaoke for Eminem. I did, um, 
uh, the way I am, or I think, yeah, I think it was the way I am, uh, or maybe it was as high my name as I think. Oh, I was yeah, gonna yeah, say at the time. The way I am is like it was like a like a darker version. I might have of it. done two. The, the cadence of it is like yeah, yeah. 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 sit back with this back of zigzags, <laughs> this bag of this weed. It gives me the shit needed to be the most meanest MC on this see on this earth. <laughs> dude, here I am um, mumbling, and I got this dude across yeah, 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 from Detroit. So, um, yeah, that's so I, true. I did I, one or or two, and it was it was uh, interesting. Late, you know, I still do Stan with my. Uh, best friend and yeah. Smith will do stand kind of together, yeah, trading verses and kind of helping each other out. So it's a big hit. Yeah, that's wild, man. That's a, that's a, I would say it's pretty impressive. I remember, do you remember the big performance he did with Elton John when he did with Elton John on the Grammys? Can't Crazy. forget it. Yeah, and of course, I mean, it, there's a lot of significance behind that performance for multiple. For reasons, sure, but, for sure. Yeah, it was, it's unforgettable. Yep. Grammys used to matter. Those award shows used to matter. Something about the internet just killed it right yeah i feel like they're like the allure behind them just seems like there's not like much excitement before it. Like, i mean i remember like you know there was a time even like growing up like mtv you know there was like this big thing where like mtv turned the switch where they were no longer like just like playing music videos it was like you know like when i was in, in like getting into high school that was like the age of like you know the real world and road rules and um, you know, like where the competitions that are like still on TV, like the challenge and stuff like started, but there would yeah. be like, you know, all, all these different like kind of avenues for like music to be like incorporated into stuff. And you would wait to see the videos, total requests live. And then, you know, you'd watch, they had, a, they had a, just a movie awards and then they had just a music awards. And now I think that they're combined and then they do the movie and the music awards together because I just don't think it's as big as a deal. Like it doesn't seem like you're right. It was, it's, it, you're right. It doesn't seem like people care yeah. the way that they music want videos don't really matter as much anymore either. It's real weird to me. Like people don't see the video. I took you know? my son to go see. Uh, like um, we went, me, my buddy Ricky, and my son um, went to go see Blink One Eighty Two. When yeah, they were yeah, just we saw him here. Yeah, were you at the show? Yeah, they yeah, were, I was there. They were awesome. Yeah, unbelievable. Up on this, you know, platform. Yep. And, they were so, amazing. Yeah, and Travis, Travis Barker up on yeah, the platform, just like, floating above the band. I was going to say, like, half the show just he played, sick. like, yeah. you know, 100. 20 feet above him, it felt like, you know, but in any event. Sick. sick. Um, yeah, they were so good. Mark, Mark, and um, who's the other member? Travis and Travis, Mark, Mark and yeah. um, Tom DeLong. There you go. So uh, they. Um, <laughs> the, the stuff that they had. Have you listened to their new album yet? I mean, they. I didn't listen to any of it. They they played some of it. They played some. Well, they played the one song off of there or whatever. Yeah, the yeah. um the new one. It's uh, uh, I can't think of the name of it. But in any event, the, the, it's the one that was the single before, edging, before the um the 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 tour started. But I said to my son, I was like, they put out a video called one one more time for a new song. It's like the next single off of their album, and they took like this like green screen, and it was like them at like Lollapalooza like them like on the set of like these like important videos mm -hmm. of like you know kind of like from when they started moving all the way up and uh I'm like it's such a cool concept that it like shows where they are now but it like shows them kind of like growing up and I was like I don't know that anyone's going to talk about it because nobody watches videos anymore exactly like no one pays attention to stuff like that I mean if yeah. you go I can't remember the last time I went on even YouTube to be like, I want to watch you know, a, a new music video. Like, can you imagine, like, you, I, I say this all the time, like, growing up, my brother eventually, like, had, like, the computer, like, in his room when, like, my family finally got a computer. Like, it was in his room. I had a TV. Like, no cable on it, but I had a TV. And I remember this dude 
a guy I went to grade school with joe gonzalez was like we're getting rid of this like camcorder like do you want it? and this one used to be able to slide the vhs joints like right into the side nice and my mom used to want to kill me because i would tape over she'd want she'd always want to tape guiding light oh, yeah. and like oprah and i would like stop it so i could get like rap city the basement and i used to set timers with the light from our living room that she'd want to go on at like 8 p.m or something <laughs> like that i'd use it so like the hot nine at nine would tape on my cassette so i could listen to it the next day yeah like yeah. all this stuff we had to like wait on and be like man i hope they play this video or this song or i hope this song makes the hot nine at nine like kids have like instant access to immediately and there's yeah. like and it's a form of like music that i think of like man what a cool like video like i'm not saying i'm the biggest i wouldn't like say i'm the biggest like say maroon five fan but like last week somebody was like oh i want sugar to be the last song of dinner before we do our first dance i just love that song and i said did you ever see the video and they were like I'm, no i like the song i've never seen the video and here like i mention it to people especially people getting married have you, have you ever seen the video no they must have like had some kind of like contest and they went around for like promotion and they played sugar at people's weddings they went all over oh, california wow. that's pretty cool actually so they went from like wedding to wedding playing it's a good cake song, song right it's a yeah. decent like cake cutting song yeah i actually really like singing that song because of the falsetto on it yeah i'm not gonna do it right now I'm i don't come, think i mean I'll, I'll tell you what it'd be pretty yeah. impressive yes please <laughs> come and put it down on me so you got M right here eminem and right here. Mar maroon five Don't all in one, come one thing and put it down on me show me good loving in my life I like it, man. Want some more sweetness? Is it right? Right here. Let me. Won't you count? I put it down on me. He sings it all up there. Yeah. yeah. Um, I like it, man. So thanks, bro. <laughs> so, so the other big song to jump back that people screw up and play during their weddings, which makes no sense, is Whitney Houston, right? Yeah. I Will Always Love You, which is a breakup song. Yeah. Absolutely a breakup song. Yeah. And people I, I, want it as their as the song when you walk down the aisle you know what's crazy that I, I don't know that i play that one as much as one that that like i feel is offensive but people ask for more is gold digger oh by, wow by yeah. kanye west and i'm like man i don't know that this is like it's inappropriate yeah i'm like i don't know the why people would want this i don't know so i try to be like oh you like kanye i'll play like yeah uh, good touch life the sky or good yeah. life yeah it's weird though that champion like, ask, yeah I, I like champions but it's weird that people like, to me, anyway, I'm like, it feels, like, inappropriate to be playing at somebody's Very, wedding. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get down with that. Tell me what else you want to talk about. I got to go to Freddie Gibbs. Uh, We're going to have to run it back. We're going to have to do this again, man. This was no, so fun. no, I appreciate it. I haven't got a chance to chop it up with you in a I long know. time. A so good excuse. It, it was it was fun to very, be, very like, fun. just to, like, I'm going to, like, I, I, don't, I didn't know that we actually started. You know, we just sat down and we just started talking about, uh, you know, your kids and, uh, I really appreciate the opportunity to come over and be on, you know, but um, yeah, and we can, I, I'd love to do a part two, you oh, know, yeah. but like the, the stuff with the, the kids, man, blow, blows my mind. I know. You're, dude, your, your son's like over here, like our future architect, maybe he's building cities out of Legos, man. He wouldn't show me everything. I love that. Some people are like scared, you know, to like jump right in. What a, that's cool that they're he like loves it so much, man. Every, yeah. every podcast guest who comes over. And I think it's really good for him too, because he sees all different people from every walk of life. Like, mm. Like he'll, you know, he, he sees every kind of person. Like I had somebody, you know, that I met on the internet, on Instagram, who breaks into buildings. Like he, he's a urban explorer. Yeah. Um, you Probably know, was in that school tats, I was talking about. Face tats, you know, <laughs> covered, you know, covered in ink, 
Like he's a just a different type of dude. Yeah. And I've had, you know, every, you know, type of person that you can imagine. Like a, it's a diverse group, right? Yeah. And I just think it's good for kids to be exposed to that, especially when you're young and you're kind of just in the home. Yeah. Um cuz they're not like really like out in it yet. I mean, is, is he do like pre-K or anything like that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh Kingdom Kids, yeah, which is fine, you know. It's but also, you know, it's actually that's actually a pr- pretty decently diverse spot. Pittsburgh is is a really cool melting pot, man, because we have CMU, we have people come from all over the world to work here, and yeah. it's just it's a good place to live, man. I hope I end up here. I was talking to AHN t- today. We'll do the rest offline, bro. All right, Thank you for coming good. on. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate He's you. Underdog DJ Underdog. Wait, what does the name come from? Uh, you know what? It, it's kind of <laughs> it's it's not that interesting of a story, but. Um, I'll not, tell it anyway. It's a play, playground thing. Have no, to do with swings. No. So that's when I was at CCAC. Um, at that we literally were, I think, won five games in the two years that I played there. And um, I remember that I saw this dude walk in the hall um, at CCAC, and he had on this like blue shirt, and it, had, it just said nothing else on it. It just said underdog, like right across his chest. And um, I worked at a sporting goods store at the time called Reed Sports and used to be able to do like screen printing and stuff like that, but or like names for the back of like a jersey. So I went and got like an all blank hoodie and an all black hoodie that was blank. And I just I wrote underdog across the the front of it and I wore it to like the next game. And I remember saying to the guys like no one like no one picks us to win. Like no one's saying that like, you know, they wait to CCAC or whatever South gets here. And I always just thought like it represented like me as a person that like I don't know that I've I'm not like a first pick type of guy that I've always had to kind of like prove myself a little bit. So I've always liked the idea of like being the underdog because I feel like when people count you out, it's like the easy, you know the funnest moments to like you know succeed anyway, with. That's <laughs> also where I got my name. My name, the B in B tips, is because I'm part of the B team, right? So like yeah. I was part of the B table in high school. I wasn't at the A table. Yeah, see, I thought it was something different. Count me out. Yeah, because my name isn't be anything, right? I've I've put like Boston tips or bloody tips. It was bloody tips. Yeah, but it's it's B because it's the fucking B team, man. I'm yeah. I'm the underdog too. Yeah, I've I've always underdog life. I love it, man. I love it. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate you. You're welcome, brother. Peace.